Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, and 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Hebrews 13 and 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Sounds like somebody that's not planning on changing. I like that. I know what I can expect. He doesn't have mood swings. He doesn't get depressed. He doesn't change his mind. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. I'm not an old dog. I'm just a new dog. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Sounds like we change. He doesn't change. We change. So if I'm to be called a Christian, I must change. And today I'm going to preach to you for a few minutes on this subject. Keep the change. Keep the change. God bless you. You may be seated. Meet you at Sunnyside after church. One of my favorite places, just a little hole in the wall. But let me tell you about Sunnyside. They didn't pay me to say this either. The place is nice and warm. The food is hot or cold, nothing lukewarm. The service is great. They're always looking, can I get you some more coffee? You need some more of this or some more of that. Prices are reasonable. Not free or cheap, but reasonable. It's a really a good restaurant. I like going there. Kind of like this church. It's not the Taj Mahal, but it's nice. Is it warm enough for everybody today? Okay. You're going to get some hot food and some cold food today. I am here to serve you. I'm going to give you the best that I have. And when I get done at Sunnyside, I don't argue with their prices. They hand me the check. There's no negotiating. My wife has taught me that 25 cents is not a tip anymore. To this day, she asks me, How much are you going to tip? She won't settle for less than 20%. This church is like Sunnyside. Thank you for giving of your tithes, your offerings, your 20%. But it's worth it, man. You should, you should come to the house of God and yeah, you, you might feel like you get kicked around a little bit, 
But when you leave, you ought to feel great. You ought to feel full of the Holy Ghost. You ought to feel full of joy and peace and, and righteousness. You ought to be able to say, man, I had a good meal today. I'm ready for tomorrow. Boy, I really appreciate abundant life. I appreciate the family of God. I appreciate the ministry. And most importantly, I appreciate our Father, Jesus Christ. Man, I'm glad to be a Christian. Amen. I have, a, I have another place I like to go. Some of you are going to rebuke me for this, and it's okay. I like to go to McDonald's because I like those 59-cent cones. I know I shouldn't be talking about it right now. This is not the season to talk about ice cream cones. But here's what I do. I take my, I take my change and I put it in this little cup holder in my divider, my council. I never take out a dollar bill for an ice cream cone when I go to McDonald's. I just dip in the dish because that's where I have put my change and it's got a bunch of quarters and dimes and stuff in there. And, and uh, we usually go to Oshkosh on, on Sundays and we'll stop at Lamira and my wife will dig through the dish so we can get money for a night. You, you never want to throw away change. It's kind of handy to have it right there. I might even be giving some of you an idea. And then when we get home, my wife takes her change. Here's what's the difference between a man and a woman. The woman will put her change, at least my wife will, she'll throw it in the bottom of her purse. Now the man, he'll put it in his pockets and he'll walk around with it jingling around. And then at the end of the day, we have a jug. It's about this big, got a neck on it like this. It's only that big. Would you like to know how much we can, when we take that to the bank and pour it in that little tray, almost $400. $400 because we keep our change. Good vacation money. Start a vacation account today. Just get a glass jug or a plastic jug and start everybody contributing and, and you would be amazed at the amount of money that you will have if you will learn to keep your change. Keep your change. Romans chapter 12. Paul said to the church at Rome, I beseech you, I'm pleading with you. By the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What is he saying? There have been some changes in your life since the book of Acts experience. Understand this. Now that you have been born again, present your bodies. You know, say, some people will say, God doesn't care what you look like. God doesn't care you're about, anything about your appearance. I don't believe that. I care about my wife's appearance. 
She cares about my appearance. Yesterday, I had to go on a hospital run with very short notice. I was wearing jeans and a pullover. I said, you think I ought to go like this? She said, no, change your clothes. She was right. Only take you a minute. Make yourself presentable. Look like you're prepared, even if you're not. Get out there and do your job. What about us as Christians? We have been changed. We are supposed to change. My wife said today in the, in the Bible study, she doesn't like change. I can say amen to that. Most of us don't like change. And the older you get, the less you're going to like change. Facebook, I don't even know what Facebook is. Quite frankly, I don't care to know. I'm not willing to make that change. I'm so glad that's not a part of my salvation. You don't have to be on Facebook to be saved. It, it, change sometimes can be very, very difficult. Very difficult. Let me read you another portion of scripture. 1 Corinthians 6 and 20. You are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. There it is again. Your body and in your spirit, which is God's. It's no longer yours. You are not your own. Do you understand that? Not only are you not the same person, you're not even your own person anymore. You belong to God. If you understand that, you can easily stand against the devil and say, do you know who you're talking to? I am not my own. I belong to God. I am a son of God. You are a daughter of God. That, that should bring you comfort. That should encourage you to know that God is looking out for his own. If we're the church, if we're the body, if we're the bride, it's because we've been bought with a price. The precious blood of Calvary has not only paid our debt, but purchased our very lives and beings. We gotta get this, folks. Otherwise, we're gonna be a bunch of independent contractors. I try to do what God asks me to do every once in a while. I try to do what God asks me to do all the time because I'm no longer my own. Take a look here at Galatians 5 and 22. It does not say the fruits. It says the fruit, meaning inclusive. The fruit of the Spirit, which we have received. Here it is. Here's what it is. Love Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the offenses and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Wow. 
That to me sounds like a lot of changing. A lot of changing. This is what is attractive to the world. Because they don't have it. I don't know about you, but it, and and I'm not going to get off on this, but I am going to mention it. It bothers me to watch old news. It doesn't change. It doesn't change. You can watch the news tonight. It won't change from last night. People are protesting. People are complaining. People are shooting one another. People are, and, and that's the news. We don't come to church to get the news. We come to church to get the gospel. Not old news. Not bad news. If you watch that enough and you get, I'm warning you, if you get caught up in these talk shows, conservative, even though they might be conservative, you're asking for grief. It's going to wear on you. You need to put the word of God, the spirit of God, the music of God into your life. What are you feeding? What are you focusing on? What will your life produce from what you're putting in? The fruit of the Spirit, all of these things, it says there's no law against any of them. That's what needs to come from our lives because of what we put into our lives. Give us this day our daily bread. What is he talking about? Not brown berry. Not Mrs. Carl's. He's talking about the word of God that we need on a daily basis. Not even just on a Sunday morning or or a Wednesday night. That's important. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to minimize how important it is to be in the house of God on a Sunday morning and hear what God is saying to this congregation. Whether it's me or somebody else, we need to hear a fresh word from God. We need to be in the house of God on a Wednesday night when Bible teaching is going on throughout the entire building. But that's not enough. I'm warning you. Give us this day our daily bread. It needs to be our goal, even if we haven't managed it, even if we haven't conquered it. Stop making excuses. Get up. Try again. Read the word of God every day of your life at least a portion of it, and meditate on it. I'm concerned that Christians are fasting from the things of God. I don't pray. But we'll walk up to somebody and say, pray for me. Do you pray for yourself? I'm talking about changes that are necessary. Now here's something I want you to remember in this message. This is what I believe. I I didn't read this somewhere. This is what I felt impressed to share with you. The word of God changes our faith. And the spirit of God changes our spirit. When God filled you with the Holy Ghost, he did not take away your humanity. You are a human being. 
You wear flesh. There are two spirits now in your body. Not just one. There are two. And the one you feed will be the stronger of the two. So what are you feeding? Because that will be the stronger of the two spirits. Now, let me back up here. I know I'm teaching. I'll preach in a little bit. I'm teaching right now. The word of God changed your faith or should be changing your faith. I remember being a little boy and my parents, it was mandatory. It was not voted on. (laughs) You will go to church. You will go to Sunday school even though I don't. My parents didn't go to Sunday school. They sent me to Sunday school. Is that right, Brother Steve? Did we have to go to Sunday school? But we we were supposed to go to Sunday school. I'm I'm not going to go there. We were supposed to go to Sunday school. And in Sunday school, we learned a lot about Bible stories and things like that, and that was good. We also got in the habit of Sunday morning is going to church. That was good. But when we weren't forced to go anymore, we were so bored that eventually we stopped going. We became dropouts. Dropouts. But when we went to a Pentecostal church and felt the presence of the Lord for perhaps the first time, when we saw the joy and the unity of other people that were worshiping, When we heard the word of God and not current events being preached from the pulpit, something began to stir in us. And we decided that if the Bible truly was the word of God and we weren't practicing the word of God, that we would have to adhere to what God said rather than what man said. And that would require some changes in our lives. A lot of times people want to say, well, let's take a look. What is it going to cost me to come to this kind of a church? What do I have to change on the outside? Let me tell you something. Forget about the outside initially. Let's talk about what needs to change on the inside. Let's let's make this an inside job where God begins to speak to us through his word and through his spirit, where we develop a relationship internally. Because then it's easy. Whatever God wants. Whatever I see in the word of God, I'm willing to change the outside. But if we work on the outside first, we're making a big mistake. How many of you remember the last message I preached to you? Come just as you are, but don't you leave as you came. Don't you leave as you came. Something's got to get a hold of us. And the word of God becomes our foundation of faith. Um, I I wish I could preach this this message, this part of the message nationwide. There is not one individual in the Bible that was ever sprinkled in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost for the remission of their sins. Not one. Every candidate 
that was baptized in the New Testament was immersed in the name of Jesus for the remission of their sins. That is the word of God. That needs to be a part of the foundation of our faith. It has to be. But that would require a change. That would require a change. And we were willing to change. I'll tell you this. I remember the night my brother was working on his car. He wasn't in church. He'd been witness to. I'd talked to him. I'd invited him. But he wasn't there on a Sunday night. And on a Sunday night, he was working on his car. There was no wind. He'll, he'll verify this later. And the car door came and whacked him in the head. For no reason. I think God just knocked it. Knocks him in the head. And the thought that immediately comes to his mind is, if you died right now, would you go to heaven? And he said, no. I know I need to be baptized in Jesus' name. And he went on a hunting trip that entire night trying to find Pastor Tamil. And finally we tracked him down in a restaurant and he was baptized in Jesus' name that night because he knew what the word of God required and he was willing to change. Willing to change. How about your testimony? How many of you here today can say, oh yeah, God spoke to me. The Spirit of God drew me to an altar and I was willing to give my entire life. I remember being at an altar. An altar is a new course, by the way. An altered course. I remember being at an altar and I remember crying out to God for the sins that I had committed. I knew that the things in the, that I was doing and the way that I was living was totally wrong. And I told God, I am willing to change. I know this isn't right. This isn't the way I'm supposed to live. I know that I'm willing to change. I was baptized as an infant, but now I see in the word of God that I need to be immersed in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm willing to change my baptism. I'm willing to adhere to the word of God. And Lord, I'm now here at this altar because although I've emptied the vessel and although the vessel is now washed I need your power. I need your spirit. I can't do this by myself. And God filled you with the Holy Ghost. And things began to change in your life. And it was obvious. I remember being such an angry person before the Lord got a hold of my life. I remember the, and I'm ashamed of it. I'm ashamed. I'm humbling myself when I tell you this. I was one of the most foul-mouthed people you'd ever want to meet. I thought I could impress you with the volume of my voice or by cursing. That's a shame that a person doesn't have any more control of their spirit than that. I said, that's a shame. I didn't something to be proud of, folks. You're embarrassing yourself. You 
might be intimidating some people, but you're embarrassing yourself. But I remember when God filled me in with the Holy Ghost on a Sunday night, and the next day I was in a trailer, nailing up skids and bracing stuff in so it wouldn't tip over in the trailer, and I remember hitting my thumb with the hammer. And I said, praise the Lord. That's the thing that came out of my mouth. That, this is, I say this before God. I didn't even have a chance to think. But that was what came out of my mouth. And the guy that was working next to me said, what did you say? I said, praise the Lord, I just hit my thumb. And he said, who are you? And what did you do with Rick Kiley? If any man be in, listen, God, God can do these things, folks. I'm not making this up. Not to God be the glory, not to me. God's spirit was overriding my spirit. I remember going to God afterwards and saying, you know, because it, it the cursing and all that was just gone. I mean, when I, God filled me with the Holy Ghost, it was gone. And I said, God, why? Why did you take this and yet I struggle with that? And, we, and he said, listen, Rick. He said, that was so deep in you that I had to take it out because you would have never been able to overcome it. These other things, we're going to work on them together. If there's something that absolutely cannot be overcome in your life, I believe God will deliver you at your request. If you really want to be delivered, he'll deliver you. There are other things you're going to learn a dependency on God with. But there are going to be some big, big changes. Paul said, the things I once loved, I now hate. The things I once hated, I now love. What a change. What a change. I could stand here all day long and tell you about the changes that God made in, in our marriage. Isn't that so, hon? The changes God made in our marriage, our purpose, our finances, Everything changed. Everything that Jesus ever touched, he changed. He changed it. Oh, you're a leper. Come over here. You're not a leper anymore. You're sick. Oh, come over here. You're not sick anymore. You're dead. Oh, come over here. Bring him over here not dead anymore. Everything he touches, he changes for the better. And everything that Satan touches, he changes for the worsening. Everything. Sin never improved anybody's life. All of his promises, they're fake. They're not real. They'll destroy you. They'll separate you from God. They'll destroy your marriage. They'll take away your job. Take away your health. Damn your soul. Everything he touches, he worsens. 
and it gets reported at 10 o'clock. We need some good news. You know, I, I, I know some of you think I'm crazy, but I'm just going to say it when it comes to my mind because that's, that's the way I operate. I woke up this morning and I thought, I wonder why nobody's thought of taking an American flag and starting a march and saying, thank God I'm an American. I'm so glad to be alive and in this country. Thank God for the blessings of being a, an American and a Christian at the same time. What are you doing? Well, we're just going for a walk. We're just taking a group of people and we're gonna have a thanks march. I, I told you I thought I was crazy, but we need the Holy Ghost. We need the Spirit of God in us. Acts 1 and 8, you will receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Power. You know why most people never start this journey? You know why most people don't decide they want to become Pentecostals? They're afraid they won't measure up. Well, I see the way some of you dress and I see the way some of you talk and you call each other brother and sister and all that stuff. Man, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that that's for me. I don't know that I could do that. And that preacher, he gets up there and preaches against sin and, and I'm a sinner. Let me say this to you. This is what my pastor taught me. You don't get good to get God. You get God and he'll make you good. And you don't love the people that you see. You love the God that's in the people. Because the people you're going to find out are human. And they're still going to make mistakes. Even after they have changed. Somebody say amen. Everything changed at an altar. Philippians 3 and 20. Our conversation is now in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our, look at this word. This is not a complimentary word. Our vile body. He wants to change my vile body. That it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things to himself. He can do this if you give him permission. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. But we have to be willing to change. Change our habits. Change our entire life. Change our faith and change our spirit. Now, I'm going to reverse my message here because I feel I got this in the wrong order. Let me tell you about some changes that are coming. I'll just call for these verses. For those of you that don't like change, let me bring this to your attention. 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, or that could have been translated die, but we shall all be 
changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye and at the last trump, the trumpet will sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible. We shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. That's a change. Get ready for change. It's coming whether you like it or not. It's coming to the sinner too. Because every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You'll never get me to bend a knee. Oh, yes, we will. There will be a day. Revelations chapter 19. Change. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife hath made herself ready. She was willing to change. I'm going to embarrass my wife. I've got a great wife. Somebody else got some changes coming. I've got a great wife, but she was willing to change. Whatever the Lord told her to do, she trusts her husband even when she disagrees with him. Then when I get embarrassed, I have to go and apologize because I made a bad choice. That's change. Forgiveness is change. She was granted arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the, right, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he said, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. Let me tell you this about the marriage supper of the Lamb. Does anybody remember let me get off my notes. I just feel this in the Holy Ghost. Does anybody remember the king telling his servants, go out and invite people to my supper? Go get them. One man said, well, he said, I, please have me excused. I can't be there. I've got these oxen that I've got to prove. My job is in the way. I can't be there. And I am not willing to change. Another man said, well, you know, I, I recently got married. and My wife doesn't want to go to church. She wouldn't want to come to the dinner. And I don't want to upset my marriage. I'm, I'm not willing to change. And another man said, well, I bought this piece of property up in Crandon. So I'm not going to church anymore. I'm not willing to change. And God said, they will never sit down at my table. Go find somebody else. Whew. You know what? The, the, these parables and these stories that Jesus tells, they're for us in 2018. They still work. They still apply. We still got the same 
problems. Solomon was right. There's nothing new under the sun. Revelation 21, I saw a new heaven, a new earth. That's a change. The first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride for her husband. I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. That's a change. They will be his people, and God himself shall be with them. This time, able to see and be their God. Here's another change. God will wipe away all tears from their eyes. There will be no more death. That's a change. Neither sorrow. That's a change. Nor crying. That. Do you understand change? Neither shall there be any more pain. That's a change. For the former things are passed away. Everything is changed. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. This is a promise. This is the way he says it's a promise. Right. These words are true. And they are faithful. There's going to be some positive changes. Positive. And I'm positive that they're going to happen. Because I believe God's word. And God's word changed my faith. And God's spirit changed my spirit. I'm changed. But here's my concern, and this is where I want to stop today. I'm concerned that we keep the changes that God makes in our lives. We keep the changes. That's why I titled this message, Keep the Change. If God has changed, not just in Rick Kiley's life, but in every one of your lives, so many things, and he's still changing them. None of us are there yet. Somebody's got to say amen to that. I'm still changing. How about you? I'm still changing. I take orders. I'm a servant. I'm changing. But I don't want to change back to what I once was. When we come to God, we turn 180 degrees. And people that don't, it's a lot shorter turn to go back. Well, I'll change a little bit. Mardi Gras is coming up. I heard a good story about Mardi Gras. You know, where people eat everything the day before they begin their promises and their fast. One man said to the other man, what are you giving up for Lent? He said, I'm giving up popcorn. He said, I've never even seen you eat popcorn. He said, that's why it's easy to give it up. Is that a change? 
Some people just say, well, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll go this far, but I ain't going any further. You haven't fully repented. Your life is really not on the altar. Your body really doesn't belong to God. Your spirit really can't be overcome. But if you have turned 180, be careful that you don't turn back. Here, listen. God was going to deliver Lot and his family before he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And he gave, the angels said, now you just follow us and we'll lead you out. But don't look back. And Lot's wife turned around and looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Let me say this to you, Christian. I know I'm talking to the Christians now. Don't look back. And certainly, don't go back. It happens. We wouldn't be able to seat all the people that have been born again. That's why we got some empty seats around it. Some people have gone back. I've come too far to turn back now. That's not, that's not an option. The ships are burned. I'm not going back. Could you imagine the children of Israel finally getting to enter into the promised land and saying, let's go back to Egypt. Let's be slaves again. Boy, I miss being a slave. I miss getting beat every day. Building somebody else's dreams. It would be every bit as silly for us if we turned back. Watch this. Let's go over here. Second Peter Chapter 2, verse 21. It had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they had known it to turn from the holy commandment that was delivered unto them. But, this is really gross. I probably shouldn't read this before lunch, but I will. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again. And the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Dogs and hogs. Don't be a dog and don't be a hog. Don't go back. I can't think of anything more gross than eating vomit or getting back into sin where I cried out to God for deliverance and he delivered me. I need to keep the change. Let's stand together.
Let me read one last passage to you from Revelations chapter 2. Listen to what the Lord says. Because I think he could be speaking to some of us here today. After paying all the nice compliments, and he then says, Nevertheless, verse 4, I have somewhat against thee because you left your first love. So what does he do? The same thing that Paul talked about. He says, remember. Give yourself a history lesson. Remember from whence you are fallen. And repent again. Get it back to the 180. And then, once you've repented, go and do what you first did. Go do your first works. That's it. That's all I require of you. Remember where you came from. And turn your dial back toward God. And go do what you once did. Sunday school teacher. Home Bible study teacher. Fellowships in your home. Prayer meetings in the house of God. Work parties at the church. What can I do? How can I bless the kingdom of God? How can I serve? Just ask me. My schedule is completely open. It's not filled with TV, sports. I got time. Do your first works because if not, I'll come to you quickly and I'll remove your candlestick. You know what that means? You won't even see it coming because you'll be living in darkness. I'll remove your candlestick out of this place except you repent. Keep the change. Keep the change. Jesus, Lord, send a revival. Let it start in me. Change me. If I'm off course, Lord, if there are adjustments that need to be made in my life, if I need to turn some things off and turn some other things on, help me to do it in a rightful spiritual condition. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.